We're coming to our close in, in our series here called I Believe. Uh, for the past 11 weeks, through the entire summer, we have been looking at the Apostles' Creed, that statement of faith written around 100 A.D. that was written really for two reasons. One, to teach who God is and what He's done for us, but also to combat errors that came up in the church early on. And over the course of uh, the past 11 weeks, we have seen just how great and glorious our God is. We've seen how God is our Creator God. We've seen how He's our Redeemer God. We've seen how He's our Sanctifier God, the God who makes us holy. We've seen how, how we are part of the communion of saints, the, the, the joining together of Christians here on earth and forever in heaven. We are united together around Christ. And now we come to the last phrase in the creed. And we may be tempted to think that the creed is just going to, at the end here, it's just going to put a little nice bow on it. It's going to be nice. It's going to be quiet. It's just going to kind of ease its way out. And yet that couldn't be farther from the truth. The creed ends with an absolute bang. And that's good news for you and me. It's good news for you and me who are looking for hope and a reason to have optimism going into the future. Because if we're honest, as we look at the news today, there's not much hope and optimism in the news. Whether you look at world news, whether you look at the national news or our local news, there's hardly ever good news in it. In fact, it's often depressing and fills us with thoughts of pessimistic, pessimistic ideas. And then we go from the news, and we look at our own lives, and what do we see? We see the chaos there. We see that our bodies are deteriorating. We can't do what we used to be able to do. And if you're young enough to say, I can still do what I used to be able to do, you'll get there. <laughs> But we have health issues, we have concerns, and we feel overwhelmed, we feel pressured, we feel frustrated. And so where's the hope and optimism? How can we leave here today and go into the future knowing everything's going to be okay? It has everything to do with this last phrase, the resurrection and the life. It has everything to do with the last few verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians was originally a, a letter written by the Apostle Paul to the Christians living in Corinth. Paul started the church from scratch. He had no Christians there, and he started a brand new church from scratch. He built them up, and then he left to go start other churches. And as he was gone, errors popped up in the church, false teaching popped up in the church of all different kinds. What they needed was the creed, but the creed wasn't written for another 50 years. And so Paul writes them this letter to correct a lot of the errors that were being taught in the Corinthian church, and one of them was about the resurrection. A couple weeks ago we looked at uh, the resurrection and Jesus' specific resurrection, and now today Paul wraps it all up in 15 the end of chapter 15, he wraps up all his points about the resurrection and what it means for you and me today. 
So let's jump into 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're going to start with verse 50, and we're going to see why we can have hope and optimism going into the future. Here's what we're told. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with the immortality. Paul says the perishable cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And that's bad news for you and me. Because we are perishable, aren't we? This body that we have is subject to decay. And if you don't believe me, just think of what we do on a regular basis. We bathe, we shower. Why? To remove the stench of decay in us. That body odor is not just body odor, it's our bodies decaying. Ever since sin entered the world, this body was born to die. It's true. And we don't even question it, do we? As you look around here this morning, we know that all of us will eventually die. Unless if Jesus returns first. We don't question that. Death and taxes, right? Those are the only two sure things in life. And it's true. We know that we're all going to die. We may question why, how, when, but it's not a question whether or not we're going to die. We know we are. Because sin is in the world, and sin brings the consequence of death. These bodies are perishing. And because they are perishing, these bodies cannot walk into heaven. Because heaven is imperishable. And yet Paul brings us good news, doesn't he? Look what he says. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. You see, where does hope come from? Hope and optimism is, at the end, our bodies will be changed from perishable to imperishable. From mortal to immortality. The bodies that we have with the aches, the pains, all the heartache, all the sicknesses and diseases, all of that's going to go away at the end when God changes our bodies. What's it going to look like? A few verses before this, Paul actually says that the body sown perishable will be raised imperishable. So we won't decay anymore. The body sown in weakness will be raised in power with no limitations. Uh, this morning, actually, I got here and there were three big boxes outside. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm not too... Uh, well, I'll admit, they were heavy. <laughs> When I have my new body, those boxes will not be heavy at all. I'll pick them up like they're a feather because we'll be raised in power. The body sown in dishonor will be raised in glory. It is the best body that you could ever imagine. This is how our story ends. 
at the end, we will be raised imperishable and immortal, never to die again. Think about that hope that brings you and me. As we live our day-to-day lives, as you're out in the, in the garden gardening and you stand up and your back hurts, one day that will never happen again. As you deal with sicknesses, with diseases, with COVID, with cancer, one day your body will not be subject to any of that. As you deal with the heartache of loss, eventually one day you will never feel that pain again because Jesus will raise you and give you an immortal body where you will live forever. What a blessing to know as we live in this life, the hope that that gives us, that at the end, we will be raised immortal, never to die again. But Paul brings up an even greater point. Not only will we live forever, but our greatest enemy will be dealt with. Here's what he says. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the sane that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Put very simply, death will end. Death will be defeated. Death will be swallowed up in the victory of Jesus to never be seen or felt again. Death is the cause of almost all of our fears, isn't it? Death is unnatural. Death wasn't supposed to be in this world. We, we know that it's all going to happen, but that's why death is so scary. It's a ceasing to exist. And what do we know? We know this life. We know what it is to be alive on earth. We don't know what it's like to be dead. And that's scary. But maybe the scariest aspect of death is the death of a loved one. Maybe we fear that even more than we fear dying ourselves. Because how do we deal with the hurt and the pain that the death of a loved one brings? Death is our greatest enemy. And there's nothing we can do about it. There's nothing we can do to reverse it. Once it's here, it's here. It's what little Johnny learned. Little Johnny received a new BB gun from his parents. It was not a Red Rider, but it was a BB gun. And, and little Johnny said, Mom, Dad, can I go outside and shoot? And they said, fine, you can go out to the deck and shoot, but shoot at the target and only the target. Don't shoot any animals. And he said, okay. And he, Johnny went out and he's shooting at the target and he's hitting the bullseye again and again and again. And after the third or fourth target that he hit, all of a sudden a bird flew over and landed right on the limb that was hanging over the deck. Johnny looked to the side and to the other side, saw no one was looking, took aim, shot, fired, bullseye nailed the bird, and the bird fell right off the limb, down on the deck, and Johnny let out a big scream of excitement. 
only to be filled with shock as the bird wasn't getting up. Just then, Dad opened the screen door and came out. He'd, he'd been watching in the window. He saw the whole thing. And he just walked up to Johnny, and they both looked at the bird laying on the deck. And Johnny said, Dad, is the bird dead? Yes, son. The bird is dead. Tears started filling up in Johnny's eyes, and he said, Well, do something, Dad. Do something about it. And all Johnny's dad could say was, I can't, son. There's nothing to be done. Death is irreversible. We can't do anything about it. And that's what's so scary about it. But God can. And God did through Jesus. Through Jesus, he defeated death. He was victorious over the grave. And now, look at that last verse. Thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. God gives you and me victory over the grave because of Jesus. And that's your next point. At the end, death will be swallowed up. At the end, death will be swallowed up when Jesus comes back and he obliterates death forever. Jesus has won the victory. We can't do anything about it, but Jesus can and he did. Notice what Paul said. The power or the sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. What does that mean? The sting of death is sin. The only reason sin is in the world is because, or the only reason death is in the world is because of sin. If Adam and Eve didn't sin, if we didn't sin, death wouldn't be in the world. But death is a consequence of sin. And sin's power comes from God's holy law. The first commandment, you shall have no other gods. Sin looks at me and says, Stephen Aft, have you lived up to that expectation? And I have to say no. Because every day I place my wants, my desires, my attitudes in front of God's. I've made myself my own God. That's the power of sin, the law. And because I've sinned, I deserve death. But thanks be to God, He gives me the victory. Thanks be to God, He gives you the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus, like a master archer, champion archer, hit the bullseye again and again and again of God's law. Jesus, have you had other gods? No. Have you misused his name? No. And down the line he went for his whole life, and then he took my sin, your sin. He took death, and he carried the cross up to Calvary where he eliminated death and sin forever. And to prove it, he rose from the dead on Easter morning. He didn't resuscitate. He rose. He rose from the dead like a dad rises from being buried in the sand by his kids. And he dusted off death and he walked into the gates of heaven. Thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. At the end, what's going to happen? 
You may be in your grave, but Jesus is going to reach down, grab you by the hand, and pull you up from death, just like the dad got up from being buried in the sand by his kids. You will shake off death, and you will walk into immortality, never to perish again. All because of Jesus. Do you see the hope, the optimism, the confidence you and I can live with every single day? We know how the story ends. We may not know the chapters, but we know how the story ends. And it ends with immortality. It ends with death being swallowed up. It ends with you and me forever in heaven rising again because of Jesus. The question is, is this what drives you? The question is, is this what drives your ultimate hope in this world? Or are you looking to someone for your hope? Are you looking to the leaders you want in government to have hope? Are you looking to a cure, a vaccine, to cancer treatments for hope? You see, what happens when we look to something other than the resurrection and the life for our ultimate hope? We get filled with anxiety. We get filled with fear. We feel frustration and we snap just like that. We feel overwhelmed. Why? Because that thing that we've put our ultimate hope in is being threatened. And those emotions and feelings are like a check engine light going off saying something's not right. And what's not right? The thing I've put my ultimate hope in is being threatened. But the resurrection and the life, the resurrection of the dead and the life everlasting can never be threatened because it doesn't depend on you. It doesn't depend on me. It depends on Jesus Christ. And he has won the victory over death. And he gives you that victory too. That means that 50,000 years from now, 50,000 years from now, when we are in glory, when we are standing immortal, when death has been swallowed up in victory, we can look back at the hardships that we have in this life, at the aches, the pains, at everything that we've gone through, and it will be just a blip on the timeline of eternity. Because we will be immortal, living forever. Death will be swallowed up in victory, and we will be in the eternal joys of heaven. Let this drive you. Let this give you confidence. Let this give you optimism in a world where there's not a lot of it. We Christians should be the most confident. We Christians should be the most uh, optimist. We Christians should have the most hope because we know how the story ends. Life immortal. Death swallowed up in victory. And it's because of this that Paul says this. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Live with hope, confidence, and optimism. Stand firm 
Let nothing move you from hope, confidence, and optimism because the resurrection and the life is a real thing. Because you know how the story ends. We're about to install teachers here today. And what do you do, teachers? Yes, you instruct in math and English and and science, but you're teaching these kids about Jesus, about the hope, the optimism and confidence that they can have in this life because of the resurrection and the life. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. As you fight against sin, as you fight against temptation, and you fight to glorify and honor God with your body and with your thoughts, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Be filled with confidence, hope, and optimism because your labor in the Lord is not in vain. As your bodies start to deteriorate, as you feel yourself getting closer to the grave, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Be filled with hope, confidence, and optimism because Jesus has risen from the dead. The resurrection and the life is a real thing. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Be filled with hope, confidence, and optimism because you will end this existence in immortality and death will be swallowed up in victory. You see, the creed ends with an absolute bang. We believe in the resurrection of the dead and the life everlasting. It's our reason for hope. It's a reason for confidence and optimism in this life now and forever. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we praise and thank you that you have risen from the dead. You've conquered our sin. You've conquered the grave so that one day you will raise us from the grave and live with you forever. We thank you for immortality that is coming. We thank you that death will be swallowed up in victory so that never again will we feel the sting of death, but instead we will live forever. As we live in this world and and it's filled with bad news, uh, help us to spread optimism, confidence, and and hope because we know how the story ends. Uh, we, We may not know the chapters, but we know that in the end we will live with you forever. And because of that, we have all the confidence and hope and optimism that we need. Be with us uh, as we go out into the world. Let us show this confidence, this hope, this optimism, and so that more and more people may wonder where it comes from, and we can point their eyes to you, our Savior. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.